Hello and welcome to He's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we're talking about a short film today. I don't think we've ever talked about a film quite as short as this one. Um, Citadel. Uh-huh. By John Smith. Uh, if the name doesn't ring a bell, uh, it should. He's an avant-garde filmmaker from the UK. Apparently very well known. He's not someone I was familiar with. No, me neither. Despite the fact that his name is the most common name. (laughs) (laughs) So common, I thought he was a Canadian filmmaker. Yeah, and there is one. (laughs) Whose work I am familiar with. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So this Citadel was filmed during lockdown. It's 16 minutes long. It was filmed from his bedroom window in London, looking at the city, uh, the city of London, the financial district, as well as the houses and flats closer to him, you know, Mm. in his area. It has a real kind of rear window vibe to it at points, I think. Yes. This was recommended to me by my brother, who was saying he'd seen it and he thought it was great and quite funny and it really took him back to the feeling that we had at the start of lockdown. Mm. That's why he was kind of, it really brought to him, because it's been a long time now, it's been almost a year, we're in February, lockdown Mm. started in March Mm. last year. And, you know, there is a feeling... There's a feeling I think I think we all had at the start of lockdown that this was kind of new and apocalyptic, and mm. now we've got so used to a certain way of life, although things have changed a lot since then. People have been out and about more mm. than we were in the in the first couple of months. Um, I thought this was really interesting, and I liked, it, and I thought it was very funny. Yes, I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was kind of like um, poetic in a way. Like, well, at the very beginning, it starts with you know, this image that looks like a back garden and it's very foggy and you have, you know, a Brexit speech uh, uh, from Boris Johnson, you know, talking about trade. From February the 3rd. Yeah, and then you realise that the whole financial district is covered in fog, right? So that when he alternates shots, you know, some of the alternations are the shard and, you know, Mm. uh, uh, all those, you know, buildings in that area covered up and then kind of being shown again and covered up and being shown. So a lot of, you know, the initial thing has to do with, I suppose, trade and jobs and, you know, business. Yeah. Um, And kind of, you know, by the end of the film, it's really peering over people's windows and doing quotidian things like exercising, but largely people on their own, though sometimes you do see a couple, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of cooking the evening meal or something. Uh, you know, but so so, it becomes kind of a witty play on meaning, in which the play and the meaning comes from, you know, the way that the image is deployed and the way that the sounds kind of rhyme and so on, but also a kind of a, I think a, a witty use of digital technology. Yeah, that you know, a voice speaks and all of a sudden it feels that one of the buildings is a microphone because the lights keep going on and off, right? Which is unimaginable, almost pre-digital. Yeah, those yeah he's, of... he's edited the lights going off and on in this building, mm. in the, the kind of the main, tallest, biggest skyscraper. Mm. The lights go on and off like a kind of digital microphone. display yeah. uh, with Boris Johnson's voice. Yeah. And, and I think that's a re- it's, it, this is where I think the film is so concise and so witty, which I love, because basically the film gives the city the voice of Boris Johnson. Yes. And the Boris Johnson speaks for the city. Yes. So, you know, at the start he's saying, fuck the EU, we're going to go out on our own, and swashbuckle and all the things that Brexiteers, you know, mm. Brexiteers, like like they're pirates. Yeah. You know, like, um, 
we're going to go and and uh, make loads of money. Um, and then, of course, the pandemic starts happening, and eventually it gets to the point. Yeah, you know, I mean, because well, the pandemic starts happening, and then he's saying, "I've been out shaking hands." That's a very famous clip. I've been out shaking hands with everyone. You'll be glad to know, which was like days before he <laughs> was got contracted it. Uh-huh. COVID. And then he's saying, you know, eventually it gets to okay, we must lock down now and stuff. And that's when I think that's when you get more of the shots of people in their homes. Mm. Actually, you haven't seen that at all since then. The first half of the film is this one locked off shot that does not change. It just, you know, the framing is perfect. It's exactly the same. Like he must have just kept the camera there on a mm. tripod and not touched it for months, you know, to get these shots. So the framing is identical. And it means that the cuts between, you know, the fog, the not mm. fog, the lights going off and on are so stark. Mm. Um, like I say, it gives the city the voice of Boris Johnson. And the thing that I think you feel from the image, the thing that I felt from the image of the city is that it's so impersonal. It actually feels, it feels distant. It is distant, but it feels it. It feels like a kind of city in the clouds almost at the start because the fog is really around the base and it's like the the, the, the towers loom above it. Mm. You know, so it has a feeling of like, like some mythical, you know, city. Um, like like you know, like um like the Emerald City or something maybe mm. you know like in the distance where everything is wonderful and perfect and mm. it, and it's of course the thing about the Emerald City is it's all fake mm. and lies, um, and then when you get to the latter half of the film and you get the shots of people in their homes, although none of them speak and there's no voice associated with them, there's humanity in there right the city in the film is impersonal and inhumane and what Boris Johnson says is inhumane and you see through the lies Mm. and the bluster and when you get to people in their homes they're acting humanely they are getting on with their lives they're trying to make the best of lockdown Mm. and then what I think is great is they are kind of given a voice when the lights are switched on and off with SOS Mm. in Morse code beeping Mm. on and off and and then you know at first it's one flat then it's another and then there's five or six and lights are flashing on and off real panic is evoked and that's when Boris Johnson's saying you must get back to work mm. and so there's this feeling of like Boris Johnson has no sense of how people live and what they're mm. living through and it is just words and bluster and the thing what he speaks for is economic yes. you know we have to get back to work the subtext being because economically we need to, we need you to we need you to send you out we need to send you out to lambs to the slaughter and that's why all the people are going SOS mm. fucking stop it mm. you know with no choice mm. I think it's a brilliant conceit and it's done so simply yes I think so too there's a kind of a voyeuristic rear window element of you know in the latter half of the film of looking into people's homes but it's also very discreet and polite you only see their backs or their feet or yeah, you never see their faces so there's no kind of uh, intrusion but you see them kind of doing really like quotidian things like uh, you know like like cooking dinner or, or doing exercise or sitting by your laptop with the cats it feels it feels lonely but also reassuring in a way like mm-hmm. yeah people are doing homey things yeah right? and actually it's interesting because at the beginning when you're peering out you're peering out into council flats so you have these windows and people are cooking dinner or something, but it looks very alienating and, yeah, mm. and lonely. But actually in the latter half, it also feels more middle class. Yeah, the windows overlooking his own. Mm. Yeah, they all have, they're all spacious and they have like wood flooring and... There were some very nice flats. Yes, kind of. Are you know. you, I saw you shopping mentally. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I was trying to read the significance of that, right? Because, mm. you know, it is interesting because it, it, it does end on quite middle class flats, right? Which express something different when you have a pine floor, mm. you know, as opposed to, you know, some old beat up lino or something. That's true. Although I think part of it is, is what um, the area he lives in and what oh, he can it see. To, <laughs> it, it has to be that. But just because it's the area he lives in doesn't yeah. mean that those things don't convey sure. and express. And you're right, there is a move, I think, from those shots of tower blocks to the, the, the place near him mm. where he actually looks down upon those plants. They're close to the mm. ground and they are smaller. They're like, well, they're houses, really. Mm. Um, I think you're right. Although actually what the film really properly ends on is after the SOS stuff has happened, you you end up back in that kind of bleak, mm. sort of midwinter, snowy, crows yes. cawing and all this. I forget what I was going to say. What, you, what do you end on? Um, um, there's an expression of bleakness throughout. So initially there's fog, then there's snow, and it, it all looks quite beautiful in a way, right? But also kind of alienating, right? Like, you know, even the winter sun looks kind of bleak. Yeah. You know, I remember what I was going to say. You end on on sounds of construction work. Uh, That's right at the very very end, and you see a crane in the distance that you've seen at the start because it was there in winter when he was filming, uh, and that's in the fog. And if you're talking about you know we finish on images of the middle class homes, mm. construction is not so middle class. You associate that really with the working class, and yeah. there's a sense of those people being sent out as like I say those lambs to the slaughter. You have to get back to work, and the construction work starts and. Yes, you know, it's what you have yes. to do. You are the kind of victims of Boris Johnson's. Yeah, the city is making money at the cost of your life. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know Boris Johnson is the city, at least in this film. Mm. Um, though it's interesting, of course, because you know Boris Johnson is actually seen as being so anti-business, as not protecting the city's interests in his negotiations with the EU, etc., etc. Right, so mm. he's both seeing as anti-business, you know. Uh, uh, but also the voice of business, uh, which is kind of interesting, really. We're saying that this film was made in August mm. last year, when Brexit was far from complete. Um, yes. I mean, Brexit was only complete three days before it actually happened, you know. Mm. And when I say complete, that's in commas, as well. that's in inverted quotes as well. Yeah. Um, I guess there's still an attitude towards Boris Johnson at the time that may not be quite the same as it is now. It was after that moment where... I forget whether it was Johnson or Gove or whatever, but said, like, fuck business, you know? Right. You know. I don't remember that bit. Oh, yes. You know, kind of, it, it was uh, very big and very shocking to have, you know, mm. someone in the Tory party say, fuck business. <laughs> I remember that. It was, like, part of the Brexit discourse. So, um, yeah. I think what's interesting is that the film is so um, implicitly dismissive of Boris Johnson and everything he says. Like, mm. nothing he says in the film is treated by the film as true or honest and I think it's because it so matches what I the way I see Boris Johnson I guess I'm just naturally not critical of that though I guess I could be like but I could, but uh, this has a, this has a relationship to lots of stuff that you see on 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 Twitter or on YouTube where people mash up political speeches like cassette boy does these you know songs where he takes political speeches and mashes the words together to make what he wants. And there's an element of that in this, although it's never to the point that a song's made out of it, but like the thing about buy and sell, Boris Johnson saying buy and sell, and that's associated with imagery of the city, and it comes back three or four times, it becomes a bit of a, mm. becomes something recurring in the film. Mm. Um, so this has a relationship with 
with a way that people manipulate imagery from TV mm. um, and use it to kind of make political points that I'm very, very used to. Something? I guess it's just something that matches with my sensibilities, what I'm saying. Like, I'm not sure what more there is about mm. that. Whether that's something I could be more critical of, what it would maybe say to someone who doesn't have that sensibility mm. about what the is film it, thinks of Boris Johnson. It's interesting. I'm looking at this article here now from the 12th of September 2019, and it is after Boris Johnson's famous tirade of fuck business. Right. Right. And so this is the headline fuck business, fuck the law, fuck parliament, the descent of British conservatism. <laughs> right. So I so this film is very interesting around that because you know I think the feeling was one of chaos actually whereas there's something about the orderliness and the thoughtfulness of the film mm. yeah that goes against the feeling the feeling is one of chaos and this is about an orderly um critique or satire mm. yeah but but actually by doing so it also imbues a kind of order so it's Boris Johnson speaking. Yeah, he's speaking for the city. Yeah, mm. the buildings are big. Yeah, there's a plan. Like, yes, you lose your lives, but construction continues. Right, so, but that implied critique implies, you know, an intelligence and a plan. And, and yeah, what I see as a kind of order was actually the feeling for me. And actually, you know, what I was reading in the press was really one of chaos. Mm. You know, they don't know what the fuck is happening. They don't know what the fuck is doing. <laughs> like, you know, they're risking lives unnecessarily because they don't have the wit to learn or to be informed or to find out. Mm. Yeah, it's like kind of, you know, what was the Gove's line of we've had enough of experts, right? Mm. You know, that kind of. So I suppose what I'm making is a critique of the film mm. because, you know, I love the film, but actually the film has a stateliness, yeah, and an order, yeah, and an intelligence and uh, a structure, yeah, which to me almost belies its critique, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, kind of certainly my memory of that period was much more kind of chaotic and fluid and offline, off stream, off piste. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I still don't, um, don't remember that, that fuck business thing, so I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But um, I think it's oppositional in the film. Like I say, it's like it's set up as the city versus real human beings. Yes. And so I think the film is saying equally it's Boris Johnson versus real human beings. Yes, yes. Um, and, it, and do, it does tie Boris Johnson and the city together. Sure. So. And the Conservatives have always been the party of business. So. But the yeah. interesting thing about this particular time is that, it, you know, yeah, yeah. people were shocked that a Tory minister would say, fuck business. <laughs> or, you know, the British, the Tory prime minister would say, fuck business. You know, so, so it just adds a layer of complexity, yeah, to the situation not quite reflected in the film's solidity and linearity, yeah. you know, and structure and wit, yeah, which is very satisfying to watch. But I think it might also be considered the wrong aesthetic strategy for this subject matter. Would you say it's smug? You don't no. like things No, no, smug. no. But no. it's a film that's very sure about what, what it thinks. Yes, it is a film that is very sure about it, what it thinks, and I think I understand why it thinks the way that it does, and it's very witty with it. I also think it's a bit simple with it. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. This is what I'm saying about, like, because I so agree implicitly with where the film stands and the way it thinks and what it thinks, um, that actually it... it, it that does make it a bit easy for me. I can watch it and go, yeah, I agree with all this and I like it. And I, yeah. see, and I see the jokes and I see it all working. Yes, me too. Um, but actually, 
Well, remember what what I said ages ago about Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, how mm. I like the films they make together, but at the same time, I'm very, very suspicious of them because they are so comfortable and mm. giving me comfort food that, that you have to be suspicious of that. Mm. There's an element of that in this. So it's like, it so agrees with what I think that it's not challenging me. Yes. Um, it's expressing kind of what I think very beautifully. Yes. Um, so not beautifully enough. So for example, you know... I- you know from conversation that people have felt like acute loneliness and sadness and they're having mental health issues. And actually, it would have been nice for him to, for example, to have filmed an interior that wasn't beautifully organized. <laughs> you know, that was piled up with dirty dishes or something. Yeah, this is... Maybe those people keep their curtains closed. Maybe. <laughs> you know, but I would have made a point of finding one. Yeah, like kind of there's something too orderly about this. Yeah, I, I think that's just the area you live in. I think everyone's neat around there. That's London. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't know. But he may have had the opportunity to. He may. Well, not but my point. Those. I mean, my point is whether you know uh, he had easy access to an interior like that. I would have gotten one, right? Like you know, you because if you if all you have is posh, neat interiors. Yeah, what are they expressing? And is that all you want to express? I mean, if you are expressing something through showing us a view, yeah, of people in their homes, right, then actually, you know, be careful about what you choose. Yeah, Mm. kind of, you know, it says something that they're all neat and polished and bourgeois and, yeah, Mm. there's not a thing out of place, you know, except maybe a cat going through, you know, this nice table to a laptop. Mm. That speaks its own kind of elegance. There's not much out of place in this world, actually. Mm. Yeah. But the truth is, I don't know how critical to be of that because it's it's hard to know what his opportunities were for other things. It's, yeah, it's hard to yeah. see how much he could show out his window. Mm. It's true. But... So, yeah, it's something to be aware of. It, it's nonetheless conveying a particular view of the world. I agree with that. But yeah. then it's not necessarily fair to say it's at the expense of something else well, yes. that he couldn't necessarily get where he was well that's the thing no because okay so if you can't convey that through a window you can convey it through a leaf or a bird or a bit of grass or yeah you could show kind of disorder or you know (laughs) other feelings you know and through other means i mean well it goes back to 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 the terrible snow and midwinter at the end you know but it looks so pretty well it may be pretty Uh, All right, let's wrap it up here. I think kind of we're now going a bit in circles. Yeah, well, I mean, the podcast is now longer than the film, so. (laughs) Good. Uh, That was our goal. So the film's showing on Mubi until the end of Feb. Yes. I think the 24th of Feb. Worth catching. It's only 16 minutes long. Yes, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. I mean, criticism aside, I think it's very much worth seeing. Yeah. And it's really good. Uh, So, you know, kind of just being a critic. <laughs> Just being a grouch. Yes, yeah, no, it's, it's creative and witty, and you know, and says fuck Boris Johnson. So yes, and and actually, I you know, every time I see something on Mubi, which is not often enough, I'm always like kind of grateful and appreciative that Mubi is offering us the opportunity to see things like this, mm. which would be very difficult to see otherwise. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you don't get a chance to see like experimental shorts. 
uh, very often outside of a gallery context. And now that galleries are closed, it's another kind of reason to be thankful to Mobi. Mm. Lovely. All right, thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. All right, bye bye. <laughs>